0: Welcome to the LifeSpring Church podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at LifespringChurch.us. If you will stand this morning for the reading of the Word, if you'll turn to the book of Psalms, chapter seventy-seven. I am uh, not long-winded, but Pastor gave me permission to invite my wife to come after me, and she's the one you got to worry about. <laughs> Amen. I'm just kidding. But if you're here till midnight tonight, don't blame me. I'd warned you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 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 Psalms chapter 77, verse number one reads I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. Skip down into verse number 11. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Verse 12, I will meditate also of thy work and talk of thy doings. For a few moments, we want to talk to you on the thought of crying out. Crying out unto God. Hallelujah. I know today we have needs in the house today, including our families, my wife and I's family. We have needs today. And so if you'll put your Bibles down and if you will raise your hands and raise your needs right now, Father... In the name of Jesus, you see every heart, God, you see every mind, every thought, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you right now, God, your word says that as we cry out to you, you're going to respond, God, you're going to make a way, God, you're going to part the water, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you right now, Father, for every hand and every family that is represented in this house today, God, you'll move on their behalf, touch their need, bless, guide, direct, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There was a dear family of ours. We started our work we're my, in my wife's country in Guatemala. And so we had uh, my in-laws still par, uh, pastor in San Lucas, Picas, de Guatemala. And we were helping them out, and um, it was on a Sunday. We happened to be there. And there was a family that showed up. We began to talk to them about... Uh, where they come from their past their history their story their testimony and and this family began to share with us that in our countries I say our countries in 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 Central America everything's very mountainous and everything's grown on the side of the mountain the coffee bean the corn tomato plants well you name it is grown on the side of mountains and so this particular young man was telling us he was out on the side of a mountain with uh, with a machete cutting corn he's harvesting the corn he said at home was his wife and his daughter, and, he, and it was getting late in the day, and he said his wife turned to his daughter and said, you know, Daddy's coming home hot, tired, hungry. What should we make him? And a little girl looked at her mom and said, what about a pot of frijoles, a pot of bean soup? And the mama said, well, that's a great idea. That's easy enough. So she grabbed her little young daughter's hand. She was about five, and they went out in the yard, and they said they began begin to gather the sticks for their fire. Very humble, very simple family, and so they came back in, and she put the the wood, started the fire, the pot, the water, the beans, and then she began to look for her spices, and she said she was looking for onions and garlic, and we all know sin ajo y sin saboya, without onions and garlic no está bueno, <laughs> it just don't have the same taste as it does when you add onions and garlic, amen. But she thought, you know, my husband's coming home, and I'll run to the market, I'll get the onions garlic and he'll watch my fire and so it was her husband came home and she said my love if you'll just watch the fire stir it a time or two I'm going to run to the market and as she said she was going out the door she yelled back to her husband oh by the way our daughter's in her room well as us men when we get hungry hot we're tired we don't pay attention (laughs) sometimes you don't even have to be hungry hot or tired and we still don't pay attention (laughs) But anyway, she was running out the door, and as that door was going shut, he be, he, she yelled back to her husband to watch her daughter. Well, the door shut, and he just heard her yelling, and he thought, I've got it. It's the fire. I'll watch it. No problem. And so she takes off to the market, and he stirs the pot of beans. He said he realized they were still needed quite a bit of time in the fire, so he grabbed him a chair, and he pulled up, and we've all sat around campfires. They, they pop. They crack. They smell good. Embras fly out of them. They were they, 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 they very relaxing. So after a long, hard day, this young man, while he was sitting there watching that fire, it put him to sleep. As he was said, he was fast asleep. He was in another world, and all of a sudden, that fire began to heat the water. The water began to boil. As the water began to boil, it began to spill over the pot. It began to stir the fire up. Embras began to fly out of that fire, and in their kitchen was a window with a little curtain above that window. And all of a sudden, one of them embers landed on that curtain. It caught fire, the smoke, the fire began to fill their kitchen very quickly. He said when he began to choke and <coughs> couldn't, couldn't breathe, he said he woke up and he saw the cloud of smoke and he saw the fire on the side of the kitchen, but he thought, you know, I can fight this fire. And so he went out, he grabbed a bucket of water, and he began to try to fight that kitchen fire. After a few moments, he realized... There was no way he could put the fire out. So he went and began to gather some of the most valuable things that he could get and got out of the house. As he was outside, neighbors begin to gather and they begin to tell him, you know, we'll help you rebuild, we'll come together, we're gonna, it's gonna be all right. And he said, I'm not worried about any of the material. I'm just thankful my wife and my daughter, they're in the market and I'm out safe. We're gonna make, we'll be all right. In the meantime, his wife finishes in the market and she was in the checkout line, and she said that the, the lady checking her out said, uh, what, what part of town did you come from today? She said, oh, I, I live over here. And the young, the young lady said, uh, did you by chance happen to see a fire that was on that side of town? And she said, no. In fact, my husband's watching my fire at home. Everything's going to be fine. In the meantime, she finished, had her things, and she went out the door of the market. When she turned right, she made a left. And it was at the next right that she realized that it was her house that was on fire. She dropped her things, and she went running into the crowd that had now gathered. She found her husband, and she said, where's our daughter at? He said, what do you mean, where's our daughter at? Didn't she go with you to the market? She said, no, I yelled back, our daughter was in her room. At that moment, there was no way to re-enter the house. But that young man said he knew that was his flesh and blood that was in that house. He was going to do whatever he could do to get in. The men brought an axe, and they began to chop at the back of the house. And as they began to chop and break the boards away, it actually woke the little girl up. And she began to cry out, Daddy, Daddy, where are you? There's smoke, there's fire in my room. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. She cried out to her father. In a minute, no, in less than a minute, he was able to put a hole just big enough to reach in and pull that little girl to safety. Hallelujah. And we thank God for that. We thank God. Hallelujah. That young man, he heard that baby girl's cry, and he responded. "My Brothers and my sisters, how much more is our heavenly Father today here with us? He sees what we're going through. He knows what you're walking through. He he, he sees the smoke and the fire in our lives, the trials. But he wants to hear our voice. He wants to hear you cry out, Father, Father, I need you. He wants to hear you crying out, Hallelujah. Father, forgive me, once again I failed, Hallelujah. He wants to hear you cry out, Jesus, have mercy on me, Hallelujah. And his word said, I cried unto God with my voice and he gave ear, Hallelujah we come today to tell you no matter what you're going through right now I I don't know your situation I don't know your trial the struggle I don't know what doctors report that you got this week but I know where I'm at in my family and I come today to cry out unto Jesus I I come to speak the name of Jesus over my trial over my mountain I begin to speak that name Jesus uh, over my family come on somebody can you just begin to lift the name of Jesus right now over your situation Jesus uh, over my children Jesus over my family Jesus 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 I believe just like that young man responded to his little girl our heavenly father he's waiting he's ready to respond there's an old song we used to sing it says he may not come when you want him but he'll be there right on time. We have a prayer answering God today. His name is Jesus, and he's here today. This presence that you feel today its the presence of the Lord. Amen. The Bible is full of stories of men and women that have cried out, and God's responded in one way or another. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, it's the story of Elijah. In verse 21, he was uh, surrounded by those false prophets of Baal, and, and he said, How long have you been between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. In verse 23, he said, Let them give us two bullocks. Let them choose one for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and I will put no fire under. In verse 24, he told him, he said, Call ye on the name of your gods, on your idols, your statues, Call on your own abilities. Call ye on the name of your gods. And he said, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Verse 27, Elijah. It came to to pass at noon that Elijah mocked him. He began to laugh at him. Began to poke fun at him as they cry aloud. For he is a God. Talking, pursuing, on a journey, pre-adventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. <laughs> Where is your God? All right. So they begin to cry aloud and they cut themselves in verse 28 until the blood gushed out upon them. But in the verse, middle of verse 29 it says, At the evening sacrifice there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. Now the blood was gushing out. They were in pain. They were crying out. But none of their rocks responded. None of their idols responded. None of their gods spoke. And Elijah said unto all the people come near. In verse 30. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired that altar of the Lord. And he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of sons of Jacob. Unto whom the word of the Lord came saying. Israel shall be thy name. And he put the wood in order, and he cut the bullock in pieces. He laid him on the wood. He said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. He said, do it the second time. They did it the second time. He said, do it the third time, and they did it the third time. I don't know about you all, but when I go to build my fires, Pastor, I don't ask for a bucket of water. <laughs> if I'm honest today, I'll tell you, I usually ask for a bucket of water, a bucket of bucket of gas. <laughs> Amen. But you see, Elijah was doing something here to demonstrate to those people that he served the true living God. He knew that his God was about to respond soak the wood, the stone, the dust was probably running over with mud by this moment. But he had faith and trust and confidence in his God. Today, we can have this same kind of trust and same kind of confidence. Doesn't matter what's going on in our world, don't matter what may be going on in your family right now doesn't matter what a doctor's report may have given you this week hallelujah you can pour the water on because we know we serve the true living God we know our God is about to respond we know our God hallelujah his name is Jesus 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 and so that water ran about the uh, the altar and the it filled the trench and it came. To pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, he said, Lord God of Abraham, Esau, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word, not my word, not my prayer. But your word, not my will, your will, oh God, not my promises. These are the promises of the Lord. If God's ever given you a promise and it's not come to pass, just hold on. Don't give up. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to quit coming to church. It's not time to give up. Hallelujah. I've done all these things at thy word, oh God. So Elijah began to cry out. He said, hear me, oh Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And the fire of the Lord fell Consumed the burnt sacrifice The wood, the stone, the dust Licked up all the water That was in the trench And when all the people saw it They fell on their faces And they said The Lord, He is the God The Lord, He is the God Come on somebody He's the same God yesterday Today and forever Hallelujah If He responded to Elijah He can respond to your need If He responded before He can do it again If He's ever provided provided before he can provide again hallelujah come on just begin to worship him right now Jesus 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 in fact I know God is about to respond to your need I know God is going to answer he's going to make a way but could it be that when God responds it's not just for you and I that are in this room today could it be that God's going to use your testimony and your story To turn some hearts back again, those that are on the outside of these walls, those in our communities, on our jobs, in our families that aren't here just yet. Hallelujah. So I come today to tell you, don't give up. Just cry out. Don't quit praying. Begin to pray some more. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't turn around now. Just hold on. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus, we need you. Hallelujah, Jesus, we need you, Jesus. Praise the Lord,
1: church. My husband is preaching on calling out to God, crying out unto God. We have to cry unto God because when we call unto the name of Jesus, we have to remember that we're crying out to the name that is above all names, to the name to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Christ the Lord. So when you call unto God, when you call unto Jesus, you are calling to the Almighty God. And there is absolutely nothing to hard for our great and mighty Savior. In the New Testament, we also find the story of the blind man, Bartimaeus. The Bible tells us that Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, But he heard a commotion. Something was going on around him. So he asked the people, what is it? What's happening? And the people told him, it is Jesus Christ, the one that is passing by. When he heard that it was Jesus, the one passing by, he started to cry out. He started to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible tells us that the people around him, told Bartimaeus to hold his peace. But Bartimaeus couldn't hold his peace. He knew that the only one that could answer to his prayer, that could answer to his cries, was there. So he wasn't going to hold his peace. The Bible tells us that he cried the much more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I can just imagine how Loud Bartimaeus was crying because it tells us that there was a crowd around Jesus, and he wanted to make sure that Jesus could hear his cry. So he cried out to him. The Bible says that when Jesus heard Bartimaeus, he commanded the people around to bring him forth. And then Jesus asked him, what is it that you need? Lord, that I may receive my sight. And the Lord said, receive it. Thy faith has made thee whole. We just want to encourage you today. We don't know what your situation or your obstacle you are facing today, but we know that our God is a mighty God. We know that we serve a powerful God, that he cares for you, that he loves you, that when you cry out to him, he can make a way where there seems to be no way, that he hears your cry, just like the passage in Psalms says, our God is a loving God. So keep calling unto the name of all names. Keep crying out unto the name of Jesus. And when the enemy, maybe your own mind, of the people around you tells you, hold your peace, why do you keep going to church? Why do you keep crying out unto God? Why do you keep doing that? year after year, and you still don't see your promise, just say, I will still cry out unto God. I will still keep showing up to church. I will still keep bending my knees and pray because I know that my God is able. I know that my God is real and there is nothing too hard for our God. So cry out to God. I would like to share with you uh, a testimony. In Guatemala, there was an 18-year-old girl, and one day she was home alone, and all of a sudden she heard a knock on the door. So she went running downstairs, and she opened a little window that was in that door, and then she looked, and there was a man standing right there, and she said, yes, who is this? The man looked at her, and he said, hi, cousin, how are you? She looked at him, and she said, oh, I'm so sorry, but I don't know who you are. And he said, that's okay, you were very little when I seen you last. But how's your mom, Ligia, and your dad, Miguel, your sister, Betsy, your niece, your nephew, aunts, uncle, grandma, grandpa? He mentioned everybody in the family by first name and last name. So she thought, okay, he's my cousin because he knows everybody in the family. So after a 15-minute talk, um, it started to rain really hard. And she thought, mm, if he's my cousin, I don't want him to get wet. So she opened the door in the garage, she invited him in, and she said, why don't you wait right here in the garage? I'm going to run upstairs, I'll make a phone call, and I'll tell my mom that you're here. He said, "Okay." So she went running upstairs, but right before she was able to grab the phone, the man was standing behind her. So she got a little nervous, and then he said, can I make a phone call? She said, yes. So she handed him the phone, he made a phone call, and he said, I am in, I am in the house. Then he started to look all around, and then he asked her for a glass of water. She gave him the glass of water. He drank it, and then he put it on the countertop. Then he pulled out a drawer that was there, and that's where they kept the kitchen knives. So he grabbed one of those knives. He looked at her, and he said, Give me all the valuable things that are in your house, or I am going to kill you. At this moment, the girl was in shock. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say. And the only words that came out of her mouth were, If you do something to me, you're going to be in trouble because I am a daughter of God. As soon as she said the word God, he got so mad, so angry, that he pulled the girl by the hair, and then he started to bash her head against the concrete wall. When she couldn't handle it, she fell, and then he started to stomp on her and punch her. And then he grabbed the knife, and when he was getting ready to stick it on her throat, she thought, oh, no, I'm here all alone. There's nobody here that can help me, but if I cry out to Jesus, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. So in that moment, she got a hold of that knife, and with all her strength, she started to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus was the only word that was able to come out of her mouth, but Jesus was more than enough. In that moment, God gave her the strength to bend that knife, and they started to fight against each other. He then tried to break her neck three times, but she continued to call him to Jesus. Finally, the man realized that he was not going to be able to kill her, so he decided to escape. She made a phone call. They rushed her to the hospital. When she was in the hospital, she looked to her right, and right there, there was a tall, big, dark shadow that was just leaning over, looking at her stomach. In that moment, she realized that that was the shadow of death and that something had happened to her stomach her dad showed up and she said, dad, we have to call into the name of Jesus because the shadow of this is right here. So they started to praise the Lord. They started to pray and they started to ask the Lord for a miracle. The doctor showed up and he said, she's been stabbed all over her body several times. She's losing so much blood. If she doesn't have a surgery, she's going to die. So they rushed her out of that room. And when they turn right, She was uh, still able to sit up a little bit, and she saw when the shadow of death turned into the opposite direction. In that moment, she realized that despite the pain, the dark hour that she was living in, God had already made a way. And it was like that. God delivered her from that (laughs) moment. A month later, a scar tissue strangled her small intestine, so they had to reopen her uh, surgery. She called on to God one more time. And God delivered her. They had to cut three foot of a small intestine. But God was with her. Yeah. The time started to pass. One day she met her husband. They got married. Years started passing. And they, it got to the point that they wanted to have a family. So they went to visit a doctor. And the doctor told them that they were not going to be able to have babies because of all the scar tissue in her body. Right. They left that day very sad, very discouraged. But they said, we are going to serve the Lord no matter what. The years passed, she had a lot of miscarriages. Years passed, and she had a complete molar pregnancy. It got to the point that they thought they they were not going to have babies. Until one night, she went to bed, and she had a dream. In her dream, she was holding a pregnancy test, and the Lord had told her uh, that she was pregnant, that she was indeed pregnant. So she got up really early the next morning, woke her husband up, and she said, take me to the pharmacy because the Lord says I'm pregnant. They rushed to the pharmacy. She takes the pregnancy test, and she was pregnant. They started to thank the Lord. They started to rejoice. They were so happy for another miracle in their lives. Six months pass, and all of a sudden, she starts, feel, she starts feeling very sick. So they rushed her to the hospital. The doctors do some tests, and the doctors found out that one of the stab wounds that she suffered when she was 18 was left in her, in her diaphragm, and it was a tiny hole. But when her belly started to grow, the hole got bigger. And when the baby started to, k- to kick, the baby pushed her intestines up into the diaphragm. The doctors told her that if she didn't have a C-section and, and if they didn't repair that diaphragm, the baby and her were both going to die. So they, they took her in. They do the C-section. The baby is born. And the doctors the dad that, that the baby was a preemie baby, but the baby was going to be okay. But he had to know that he was going to leave the hospital just with a baby because they didn't think their wife, his wife was going to make it. When he heard that, he called all the family members, and they started to pray. They started to intercede and ask the Lord for one more miracle. Five hours passed. The doctors came out, and they told the dad that they had to deflate uh, his wife's lung, but that she was going to make it. In that moment, they started to thank the Lord. They started to worship the Lord. And they were so thankful for all the mercies and the goodness of God. Church, that is the kind of God whom we serve. The same God that we read about in the Bible is our same God. I know that you have experienced his goodness and his mercies. So don't forget who is the God whom you serve. Don't forget who is the God whom you worship. Maybe today you are facing a giant. Maybe today you are facing a mountain. But don't forget who is the God whom you serve. Place your eyes on Jesus. He's the author of our faith. Hallelujah. Trust in God. Keep going on. I know that when you call unto God, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. I am 100% sure of that. Because that woman in the story, it was me when I was 18 years old. And that boy that was here on the front row today, and that is right now in Sunday school, is the boy that God gave me. When the doctor said that I was never going to be able to have a baby or that I was not going to be able to come out of that surgery room, my God made a way. That is the kind of God whom I preach about, and that is the kind of God whom I serve. So I don't know what you are facing. I don't understand what you may be going through. But our God is able, and he hears you, and he loves you, and He's not going to forsake you and, or leave you. And if I share with you my testimony, is to remind you that our God is mighty. It's not for you to feel sorry for me or for you to think that I am somebody because I am nobody. But for you to know that our God is a mighty God, that our God is real, that he cares for you. He died for you. He's not going to leave you. Keep calling out unto the name of, of, all, of all names. Our God is a mighty God. And what I, in closing, what I've learned is in this journey of life is that even when things don't make sense, even when everything is just crumbling apart, even when you feel that you cannot keep going on, you can still say what Habakkuk said in chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. The Bible reads, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foe, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Even when everything is just falling apart... Even when nothing is making sense in your life, you can still say, Yet, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join in the God of my salvation. Because the Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like hinds' feet, and He will make me to walk upon my high places. Yet you can call unto God. Yet you can join the God of your salvation. Yet God can make a way. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Can we stand to our feet all over this house today? Hallelujah. I don't know what your situation may be. I don't don't know what you're faced with. But we're in the presence of the almighty, true, living God. Things change when we get into his presence. Things change when we begin to pray. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask this this altar to be opened right now. I'm going to ask us all to come as a group, as a body, as a family. Maybe it's not your situation, maybe it's somebody else, but can you bring that need and we'll pray. We're going to ask God, we're going to cry out to him. If God saved my wife's life in Guatemala, gave us that baby boy in Sunday school, there's nothing too hard for our God. What looks like is impossible to the natural eye is possible in the hands of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us